Warning. The following podcast contains two morons talking about sophisticated subject matter, like ninus and hoo-hahs. Also, a few whoopsie-daisies and at least one house or ante. If you don't have a strong stomach, you know where the door is. Right. On with the shenanigans, then. The podcast which you are about to hear is an account of the tragedy which befell two washed-up losers. In particular, Court Psyops and his immature co-host, Matt. It was all the more tragic in that they were uncultured morons. But had they lived very, very full lives, they could not have expected nor would they have wished to see as much of the mad and macabre as they were to see each week. For them, an idiotic podcast show became a nightmare. The events of each week were to lead to the discovery of one of the most bizarre crimes in the annals of American history, Cinema Psyops with Court and Matt. What is Psyops? Psyops for psychological operations is very simply the art of influencing how people feel and think and ultimately how they behave and what they do. You don't have to defeat the enemy on the battlefield. It's better if you can convince the enemy to do what you want him to do without having to fight him. And that's really the intent behind Psyops, to convince people to do what you want them to do. So how does PSYOPs fit into what's happening now? The two points I'd like to make with you and the audience is that, first and foremost, PSYOPs save lives. The second thing I'd like to say, a lot of people have misconception about PSYOPs. They think it's something deviant and brainwashing. say you don't know exactly what's going on right now, but we do know that there are some psyops going on, right? Ma'am, I don't know. Cinema psyops. And I believe with all of my heart that it is a contributing factor to our juvenile delinquency of today. Why I believe that is because I know how it feels. I know what it does to you. Cinema psyops. They think it's something devious and brainwashing. Welcome to the 290th episode of Cinema PsyOps. That is 290 weeks consecutively of this ridiculous horseshit radio host knockoff commentary and or review show of movies that no one else but me really seems to care about. One of the people that could give less of a shit about March Matei is my co-host, Matt. Where are we again? Uh, you are... Why does it have to be March Matei? Okay. Why? All right. As you probably have noted from the fact that I said that we are at 290 consecutive weeks of Cinema PsyOps. Yeah. That means that we are 10 weeks away from 300 and the beginning of a double full franchise fest to close out our year. Why double? Because we have so many episodes left, we're able to fit in not one but two full franchises in this fest to close out our year and bring us to six, six, six years of podcasting. Are we, are we, are we telling people what that is yet? I think if they are a savvy listener, they can figure out at least one of the two. But no, we're not telling them yet because we're still 10 weeks off. I want to tease it a little bit. All right. This is this is the part where we tickle the balls of the audience or, you know, various <laughs> parts of the genitalia, you know. I mean, you know, if they want their balls tickled, you know, we, 
we're we're all about consent here. Well, yeah, it's foreplay is what I'm getting at. So whatever yeah. whatever yeah, they're yeah. into, that's the the little like somewhat innocent but still kind of cheeky, you know, sexual favor that they like. That's what we're trying yeah, to do with the audience, emotionally speaking. Emotionally speaking, right? By right, by giving you. them just a little tease, Matt. That's all I'm saying. Because you a also don't tease. want them like you also don't want them like like having them like ask for your address. Say, okay, where's my hand job at now? I'm just gonna give them your address because that's your department. You're the official hand no. job giver of Cinema Psyops. <laughs> I mean, I, I say this because I'm in charge, and that is your new title, Matt Psyop, <laughs> the official handjob giver of Psyops. It feels, it feels like I'm not giving consent on this. <laughs> oh no, no, no! You still have to give consent. It's just it's your official title. No, no, uh, oh, so so I I don't have to do my job then, <laughs> just because it's my title, <laughs> right? I mean, what kind of a company would it be if I made people do their work based solely upon their title? Yeah, right. I just fucking screw that shit. <laughs> yeah, the only one you have to give handjobs to is yourself. Yes, and I I do that, but only when you want them. Yeah, of course, only when I want them. I don't <laughs> force myself to do things. I'm not some animal. <laughs> uh, we're gonna beat around the bush, but let's let's just dive in. We are talking about March Matei. We're doing March Matei this week because we're well, the start Nazis. of it. Yeah, and it is. Wait, wait, what movie did he steal this one from? Uh, okay, well we'll just dig into the whole history of the Nazi exploitation films. All right, because there right. is a very specific one that he is ripping off quite a bit now. Nazi exploitation is not a genre that everybody can really, really check out. Nazi exploitation films are some of the sleaziest. They are definitely the most exploitative. And they're a caliber of sex f- type film usually because there's a lot of gross sadism and uh, lots of rape and things like that. And a lot of these films, because they're a sexploitation style film set in a concentration camp or some type of internment camp or some experimental lab or something having to do with Nazis. And that's why it's Nazi exploitation. Yeah. All right. So like the very first one, like the real like earliest front runner of this and the one that kind of, I guess, started it for everybody. That's going to be Love Camp 7. Um, Love Camp Camp 7. Yeah, that was done by Lee Frost and... Oh, what the fuck is that guy's name? Bob Kreese. I can't remember which one is which, but one of the two... I think it's Lee Frost. Who's Lee Frost is the director, and Bob Kreese was like the writer-producer. And one of the two of them was in sexploitation films for a really long time. So Love Camp huh. 7 is like an extension of the type of uh, sexploitation, exploitation film where it's like supposed to be an account of a history historical thing that happened being a Nazi yeah. camp or a, a mm-hmm. you know for for like sex slaves or something along those lines that I would say but also involved the various things that were true about the humiliating treatment or you know humiliations torture rape death uh, you know, that kind of thing that was going on in these concentration camps or any of these types of war camps or anything like that. And they turned it into a sexploitation style story. So they used the historical part of it to sort of uh, hang their sex scenes and their nudity on to be able to get away with it, you know, yeah. which is which is kind of what they were doing. And I mean, everybody followed suit at a certain point. And the thing that's interesting about Love Camp 7 specifically, because it's made in 1969, it was really only released, I think, in Japan. I don't know if it ever really got like a full-fledged American theatrical release until much later. You know, like once it became okay, because in 1969 when this film was made, it was pretty risque. And it's oh, it's pretty gross too. I 
mean, yeah, yeah. None none of these are actually like feel good, happy, go lucky movies. But the thing about Love Camp Seven that's the most interesting is it's kind of the first, but it also found a way to do like a women in prison movie and make that like an excuse to have a exploitation flick with lots more boobs and you know naked women and that kind of that kind of aspect of it. So it kind of spawned both of those subgenres where it started the Nazi exploitation, like it created that sort of formula for true exploitation films. And then it also sort of started the women in prison like craze. Cause like, I mean, Roger Corman did a lot of those, like the big bird cage. Uh, I think it was women in cages was one of his. Um, there was a couple with Pam Greer. Um, the big bird cage is probably my favorite of those. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's the one that I think Jack Hill did like two or three of them. I can't remember the titles. I'm doing this all the best off the top of my head. Um, of course. But like those, those kind of came after it too. So Love Camp 7 spawned both of those. Now there is very few of these exploitation, Nazi exploitation type flicks that are really much more than just being salacious. You have a couple like that show up in like 69, um, you know, even as early as like the 40s, there's certain aspects of the Nazi perversion stuff where they kind of hint at that there's a lot of homosexuality and pedophilia and they throw that into movies. That was kind of there before where they're trying to like deal with everything that was going on with the Third Reich. But it's not until Love Camp 7 that people just come right out and get really fucking brutal and gross about it. It, you know, like, I mean, the pawnbroker is kind of one of them. And then there's a giallo in the 70s. I want to say it's in the folds of the flesh that um, that that kind of dealt with some of the stuff with like a concentration camp brothel that like we've seen in this movie that we're kind of talking about tonight. Uh, SS Girls or as it's also known as the private house of the SS, I think is the other title for yeah, the American made like title. That. Right. So it, it kind of veers from there. Like the big, big one definitely was Love Camp 7. And then it kind of veers from there. And the the thing that I think really starts the craze was the Ilsa She-Wolf of the SS movies. That spawned off a bunch of stuff in France. Now, at some point in time during this Nazi exploitation sort of like sex film exploitation using, you know, the Nazi stories or, or stories coming out of the Third Reich from World War II or just like a World War II adventure film that they're just basically making a sex film out of and they're using some of the costumes and the stuff that they would have you know readily available so it's like an easy way to make a sex film with a lot of visual flair without really you know spending a lot of money on it because they got all this stuff like from other war movies and things laying around that they can reuse which is why a lot of the folks that were making it now Tinto Brass made Salon Kitty in 1976 this is around the same time that the Ilsa movies are starting to crop up as well because Ilsa is like 1974 and that's like a huge influence so everybody's looking for like that female commander of a Nazi camp of some sort doing horrible experiments or torturing people or something along those lines like everybody is doing those it's not just Italians trying to to knock this off now do you remember us talking about David F. Friedman the famous producer of sexploitation films yes he actually was in Love Camp 7 he had like a small acting role in it and then he ended up to he ended up producing Ilsa She-Wolf of the SS. Okay. And that was one of his like bigger films. Now there's some parts of that. Like there's um, Ilsa goes off and does other things where she eventually becomes like a harem keeper of the oil sheiks. And then at some point she's the tigress of Siberia. And that all stars Diane Thorne as well. She's the main actress. There's even a Jess Franco sort of knockoff of it. That's Harold as Ilsa, the wicked warden. Really? (laughs) Yeah. Which is kind of like a fourth film, but it's like Jess Franco just basically hiring Diane Thorne. She plays a completely different named character, but it's the same 
same variation on a theme for that film. So it's not just Italy that's getting involved on this. There's French filmmakers that are doing it as well. So there's a bunch of like European filmmakers that are really just trying to grab onto what hit big about Ilsa. So they're making a bunch of stuff. Like there's like a Helga of like, I think she is a she-wolf of Stalin, Stillberg, Stalinberg, I don't know. Uh, There's another one I was reading about um, that was heavily influenced by Salon Kitty that's called Fraulein Devil. And that's actually a, that's a French uh, made exploitation film. And so- now we fast forward a little bit to Bruno Mattei. Okay. Bruno Mattei had seen Salon Kitty and he really dug it and he wanted to kind of do his own variation on that, like his normal thing where he's just going to completely steal it ad hoc and just change it enough to where he can't really be possibly sued by Italian courts. And he claims that he had been trying to do this pretty much as soon as Salon Kitty was out. And it wasn't until like around this same time that a bunch of these other Salon Kitty movies were being put out, like Fraulein Devil. Uh, There's another one that's, I know it is SS Hell Camp. It's also been released as The Beast in Heat. And that one is fucking really raunchy and grody. Oh, really? Yeah. So like all of this is kind of kicking off all around the same time in 1976. And that is when SS Girls kind of gets the go ahead to be made. So like, oh, you wanted to rip off this movie that's in fashion to be ripping off right now. Well, go right ahead, Bruno Mattei. Here's your money. And now you can make your Private House of the SS. So Private House of the SS is 100% just a a ripoff of Ceylon Kitty, like almost directly, like as we've seen him do before. Yeah, okay. Mattei has done that a ton of times. The thing that's interesting about this is there are so many direct ripoffs of this because it hit so big that everybody was trying to like get on it. This is like GameStop stock rising just a little bit and all of a sudden your mom's spending $200 thinking she's going to make 500 <laughs> I got you. On one stock. So, you get what I'm try, saying? Try to hit while the, the hitting was good. Right. They're <laughs> trying, like, the iron is hot, and, like, all of Europe is just slamming on this from one, basically, that can kind of be tied back to one serious sexploitation film made in 1969 by a bunch of American sleazebag types Love Camp 7. Oh. And if you do some research in the past of Lee Frost and Bob Crease, one of those two guys was the guy we were talking about in the sexploitation documentary, had like a, a, a two-way mirror so he could look in the ladies' room that was across from his office, like from his office, and just watch women going to the bathroom and stuff. Gross. I don't remember which one of the two it is, but I know it's one of those two, because I always remembered Love Camp 7 is especially gross <laughs> for that reason <laughs> specifically. Uh, so you have like Love Camp 7 and Ilsa Shewolf of the SS. Those two are kind of like a template that everybody else was working on. And the Salon Kitty comes from a book. And it kind of unfairly gets lumped in with these other movies because it is very much a sexual story. I mean, it's Kitty is the the main character. They run a brothel in Nazi Germany where the soldiers come to relax. They do actually set up recording devices and they are looking to see if any army official is looking to usurp power or blackmail Hitler or whatever. You know what I mean? Like that kind of thing. Like they're seeing if there's any kind of treasonous internal plot and they're using the fact that men like to talk a big game once they've got their nut juice released. Yeah. (laughs) Basically. That's kind of the plot of Salon Kitty. And like I said, that's an adaptation of a book. And I believe the book is, I don't know if it's a true account or if it's a dramatic account of some things that actually happened, but there is actually a famed brothel that they did this where they did basically set up uh, prostitutes that were spies, that were like internal spies that would 
would see if they could find out if anybody was trying to usurp power or, you know, pull one over on the Reich or basically whatever it was. But that's something that the Nazis did. They used sex as that kind of a weapon. So that's what huh. Salon Kitty is. And um, that's where primarily the main story that is stolen. Um, <laughs> and I mean stolen for our film tonight of SS Girls. Uh, Proline Devil is pretty much a take on Salon Kitty. It's just done by the, the French as well. There's one other movie I want to kind of mention. It can be somewhat unfairly lumped in with the Nazi exploitation films, but it's a very different film. It just happens to be telling some of the same stories. And that is The Night Porter. That is, I feel more people think is like an art film. It just happens to be a really depressing and sad one. It's, okay. it's the story of a survivor of a concentration camp, and she rekindles a relationship she had with a lover who is a former Nazi, although I don't know how you ever stop. They, they kind of ran into each other at a hotel, and so they kind of resumed this sort of dark, sadomasochistic, twisted relationship that they've had. Because reasons, I don't really know. I, <laughs> I can't really explain it to you other than you just kind of have to see like the emotional tie that they have yeah. in this weird sort of dependency. Um, and there's a lot of flashbacks that take place, you know, during the actual war and in the camps, I think a little bit too, because she is a survivor of a concentration camp. So it makes sense for that. Uh, the Night Porter is very different, but it's still one of those ones where a lot of exploitation films tried to snag that story. And that was like 74. So that's one of the early ones. So there's like yeah. three main movies that are kind of a template. Love Camp 7, everybody kind of snags the, the main thing of just like sexploitation in a in a concentration camp with exploitation, um, experimentation on people and that kind of thing. The Night Porter with the, the war is over and we're regaining some kind of semblance of life, but we're stuck in the past in some way, shape or form and revisiting these old things in our lives that we can't quite get over. That's kind of that side of the story as well. Um, or like, not necessarily a reminiscing, but like a look back on the history of how those characters got there, <laughs> if you will. Yeah. Uh, that's kind of the other template. And then, you know, you have the Ilsa She-Wolf of the SS, which is like full-on, hardcore, all-out, um, just torture and degradation and violence that's like Love Camp 7 cracked up to like 11. And then there's the Nazi prostitutes doing some kind of spying. And there's even a version of it somewhere out there and I can't remember the name of this film off the top of my head because there are so many of these and they blend together so much I had to actually like write down names as notes to say which film was what that I wanted to talk about uh <laughs> But uh, there's one of these where they're spies for the Allies side, and they're in a brothel to police movements and uh, like troop movements and various orders that some of these higher ups may know or, or whatever information they can get to help out the Allies, which is an interesting turn on the way that they they did that as well. So there's there's a couple of these different types of of stories, and it it's gone on forever. Like there's still some being made even this day here and there. You'll still yeah. you'll still see one crop up in the vein. <laughs> in a weird place. Well, you know, I mean, just in the vein of like their, your typical Nazi exploitation flick. So it's a part of sexploitation cinema and it's a part of exploitation cinema. And it's an uncomfortable avenue for sure to really even discuss or try and have a good time viewing. Like they're meant to make you feel greasy. They're meant to make you feel nasty. And they're meant to just basically have an excuse to have women throw their boobs at you on screen or men naked on screen. And there's, yeah. there's a very, very few of them, but there are some of these that are full on hardcore. They're not rated X for like violence or, you know, some other type of thing. They're rated X because there is hardcore on screen 
between penetrative fucking. There's like a handful of them. There's one or two or three of them, but that sort of thing really isn't my bag, you know? It's not your bag, baby. Yeah. I dipped my toe into this. I have like two, three pack DVDs that I bought from uh, Shriek Show was a company that was like releasing these things like ages ago. All right. And okay. that was like the last I dipped my toe in it was just those three packs. And I haven't really gone that much further than watching those. You know? Is Nazi exploitation your bag, baby? I mean, you're no. intelligent on it. I mean, you're, you know a lot about it. Well, but I, I did. I'm not, and I'm not saying it is your thing. I mean, I know you do a lot of read up on stuff. Yeah. But I was just asking, was it ever kind of your bag, or was I, I bet none exploitation was probably more your bag than Nazi. <laughs> well, if you're talking about what do I get off on versus what type of stuff do I want to watch when I really want that grody, nasty, grimy, gross thing. Well, I mean, not really what you get off on. Yeah, what you are looking to actually watch. Well, this is not something like that I really sought out until. Until after, I would say about like 10-ish years ago or so, some like when podcasting was still like very young and like a fledgling thing, like uh-huh. like ages before I was even thinking about becoming a programmer, um, there was a podcast that had like a crossover series that was talking about it. And that kind of got my, my interest peaked in how these films were made. And like the projection booth has covered the Night Porter. And I've just done a little bit of reading here and there about it. And the stuff that I'm mentioning and the titles that I'm mentioning, that is like the whole of everything that I know about it. Like... I I'd saw Elsa when I was a kid and I was like, holy shit, that was brutal. You know, like the immature part of me that just wants to watch a movie just for the sick, gross brutality of it. Yeah. That's a part of me that can watch these films and find some enjoyment in them because they are very much sick. They are very much twisted. And some of them are just cheap and fucking shitty. All right. But when, yeah, okay. when it comes down to it, the full blown actual Nazi exploitation flicks, especially the one that we're talking about tonight, they're not good films. They are 100% exploitation films films that are using sex and grime in the most baseless part of humanity to tell you a story, make you feel awful and sell a product to you like a ticket or whatever. Like that's what they were mm-hmm. designed to be. They're they're very knowingly quite brutal and, and cringy in a lot of cases. Some of them have like some redemption stories and almost all of them have a love story through line and it's usually like a soldier in the camp falls in love with one of the female prisoners and helps her escape or something along those lines you know something like that or then yeah. the, eventually you see the prisoners rise up and overthrow the camp and murder all the guards and things like that so there's some things like that that are redeeming but a lot of this stuff is just really wallowing in some of the lowest parts of human misery when it comes down to it I mean you really have to acknowledge that when you're watching the film so I really don't think I've ever truly enjoyed them other than on that very vivid visceral grossed out like good lord human beings are useless kind of level yeah okay you know I gotcha. like that real nihilistic and empty side of when you want to just be like uh, you know fuck this place i'm out of here yeah the same side of me that would want to read jack ketchum novels like we covered that movie the girl next door which was based on a true yeah. story about the the girl and her sister who were systematically abused by her aunt and like all the neighborhood kids both sexual and physical torture and things like that yeah like that's the kind of realm that these films are on like where it's it's not going to make you feel good, but it's a story that you kind of need to expose yourself to sort of to appreciate just how easy and good you have it in your life for real. And then also for that same kind of just if you really want to feel awful about humanity, because there's sometimes where you need entertainment to do that. Where you need to be yeah. a little more ponderous about how dark things can get. Then then it has its merit for that, I think. But there are plenty of other films that will do it much better than the Nazi exploitation genre. It's a real mess. And we never talked about it really on the 
the show before. So I, I'm kind of dealing with it here. And I don't know if any of those movies will ever cross our paths again in the future or not. Because I don't think it's something that you and I are going to be really all that jazzed to talk about. Like, I don't think we're going to have a good time talking about this movie. Yeah, no, I mean... And there's not a lot to talk about. I mean, when you really get down to it. Which is why I'm patting the front end of the episode. I know. (laughs) Yeah, but the whole of everything that we really need to discuss about the actual merit side of this is done. Now, if there is a way to be even worse and more exploitative and gross in the Nazi exploitation genre than what Uh you would ordinarily get, you would expect that from Bruno Mattei. Yeah. I believe you. (laughs) Unfortunately, he is not the nastiest of these that I've seen. I think the Beast in the Heat is probably much, much nastier, although it has a lot of the same actors as the Beast in Heater in this as well. They must have been pumping a lot of these out on the set. Beast in Heat is just really fucking out there. And I'm not saying that trying to get people to watch it, but it's just, it's fucked up. (laughs) So I'm glad we're at least not covering that. But anyway, we're going to talk about the film. There's enough beating around the bush about it. Let's fucking talk about this fucking Bruno Mattei film. We're going to take a little break here. We'll play the Legion Patreon ad. Have a little bit of music that is metal as fuck because I got to have something to bring me out of this. So when we come back, we <laughs> will have the trailer. This will keep you quiet. Oh, hi there. I didn't see you. You call me cutting a new show. I'm Bo Ransdell, and I'm one of the many creators you can find on Legion Podcasts. I said quiet. My fellow podcasters and I work hard to bring you the best in horror podcasting. But that comes at a cost. What's that like to live deliciously? Not that, but also, yes. No, what I'm getting at is that there are server costs, costs for good microphones and software for editing, all the things that make our shows, you know, fun to listen to. And you can help. If you're enjoying the shows on legionpodcasts.com or in the Legion Network available on iTunes and Stitcher, just about anywhere you can download a podcast, really, you can help us out and get a little something for your trouble at patreon.com forward slash legion podcasts for just two bucks a month. You get a pair of movie commentaries exclusive to Patreon. And for $5, you can also join us for a monthly screening of a movie. All of that available on patreon.com forward slash legion podcasts. We appreciate it. And thank you for listening. Now back to the cutting room. I'm also just a sucker for a bad bass breakdown, too. You're, you're, you're just a sucker. Yeah, but I'm also a sucker with this foreign language trailer. What? Il Führer ha bisogno di noi. I suoi generali sono una banda di cospiratori, di traditori. Parlo dell'esercito Schellenberg. Il vostro compito è smascherare questi sudici traditori. 
Da questo momento il Reichsführer vi dà carta bianca. Devi procurarmi una decina di ragazze, le più belle puttane che ci sono in circolazione. D'accordo, Hans, vi procurerò le ragazze. Ricorda, tu e le tue puttane lavorerete per me. Dobbiamo chiudere in bellezza. La mia devozione alla causa del nazionalsocialismo. Deve essere fatto... cieca, pronta e assoluta, ma voi avete tradito Schellenberg. Theodor Reiche! understand the language of what's going on that trailer just spoiled everything about the movie for you okay yeah i didn't i don't know what the hell's going on so well other podcasts play trailers for movies all the time that are in a foreign language and they don't bother translating them or even anything they just say it's a foreign language trailer and then they just play it more than anything that was more music than anything (laughs) (laughs) right it sets the mood which is fuck yeah fuck all right ss girls first 20 minutes so we're actually going to go ahead and open a man's uh, playing some piano, and uh, his general shows up, and that's actually going to be our first clip. He was the best organist they had at the Cathedral of Worms. Your touch is very much like his. Bach is eternal, as I believe the Fury is general. It is the spiritual sensitivity you see which guides and exalts my humble hands. Good, Schellenberg. The Fuhrer wants our help. Dangerous enemies have infiltrated the very heart of Germany. I'm speaking of the Wehrmacht, Schellenberg. Top brass generals. The men are conspirators, traitors. They are reducing the Fuhrer's army to a bunch of bleating sheep. Cowards! And it is going to be your job to unmask these traitors, Schellenberg. To accomplish this, you are to be given carte blanche. I will uncover these traitors for the greater glory of the Third Reich. I am honored the Fuhrer has chosen me for this job. His wrath shall rain upon the traitors, and I, as his instrument of justice, will most gratefully carry out his orders, General. The Fuhrer shall be informed. So, the guy who's getting the task here, uh, did he or did he not remind you of, like, every one of the spoiled brat little pretty boy characters that show up in American Horror Story? Yes. Yeah. Creepy, uh, with creepy eyes and smile. Yeah, exactly. But like vaguely good looking and very too much makeup. <laughs> yeah, that as well. <laughs> right. That's what I was, that's what I was getting at there. Whereas like the, yeah. the creepy Damien wannabe boy that's in like exactly. every single one of those American horror story shows. Uh, so, uh, creepy dude Hans, he then meets with a madam named Ava. And tells her she needs he needs she need he needs women and she has to go out and find them. And uh she is at first saying, like, oh, it's too hard to find any women in this climate because of war. 
But he has some documentation that would apparently be bad for her in the party. So she agrees to find some women. Yeah, apparently all of the Third Reich was run solely and only on blackmail, right? And like jockeying for position, Yeah, yeah, exactly. Or or you see a power vacuum that Hitler created in the Third Reich. You try to carve out as much for yourself as you can. (laughs) Right. Because you think... Because they also, at the time, probably did think, well, this monster has gone and defeated all the way down into France and Paris. Fuck, he's going to win the entire thing. Carve out as much power as you can so you have something for yourself, which is horrific. But it's what happens. Yeah. I Um, mean, it only happened four years ago here in the United States. That's exactly what every single cabinet member was doing. Hey, listen, the way Hans talks about Hitler and a lot in some of these clips is pretty much word for word what you would read a Trump supporter saying online. Absolutely. Saying. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, just saying. Um, and, and you'll hear some of that later, and we'll, we'll get to that. So then we cut to, we have a lady lineup. So all the ladies are lined up. A doctor is checking them out. Uh, you know, Hans is there. We have a face scar there, a lady who has a face scar. Uh, Frau is her name, but she's got a face scar. And Ava's there. She's in a lot of the Nazi exploitation, sexploitation. Face scar lady? Yes. And yeah, I, she's I, been in a few of the Bruno Mattei movies that we've covered. Like, she's like a warden she, or one of the inmates in one of the prison yeah, movies we did. Exactly. She looks very familiar. And she does look like every kind of, you know, uh, woman in charge of other women and makes them do atrocities character on you know yeah a lot of things i've seen so dark hair very angular face very striking features but still very lovely and then in this case they added a scar to make her sort of like a battle-worn like goddess type chick or something it didn't deter me at all uh yeah the actress herself is quite lovely so there's the fact that she was a nazi deterred me (laughs) (laughs) right in the movie yeah obviously not that 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 actress was a a, a nazi right it's impossible to praise any part of this film because like in real life nazis ruin everything these are facts these are truth facts anyway the doctor tells the ladies that they will be made into sex machines and that they are to do whatever they're told them because they volunteered for this you know, there, there should be no quitting. Uh, then he checks a couple of them out, like, takes one shirt off, grabs her tits, tells one to strip down, looks at her vagina for a bit. Is this uh, technically a thank you movie? Because it feels like they're really under duress. So, like, you can't enjoy I, any I'm of the gonna, nudity. I'm going to be, I'm going to give you the God's honest truth. I don't think there's a thank you movie here. Even though there's a lot of nudity, I just, I can't find it. Because even when it seems to be, uh, when it seems to be on the up and up and consensual, it's still fucking Nazis. Literally, there are Nazis that are fucking that you're having to yeah. before you're you're watching this, and it's like so Jesus I Christ. I can't can't say thank you, movie, to any of this. I'm sorry. Don't get me wrong. The boobies are out. They're very nice to look at. Right. So I can't I can't think a Nazi movie. So this is a sexploitation genre film. You can't separate your distaste for Nazis with your taste for lovely breasts. Right, like this, this is correct. This you are very correct. Okay, you are suffering from the same thing that I am. The reason that I can't glom any joy from this at all is automatically because of that the stigma that's wrapped around that, and the fact that millions are dead because of these kinds of fuckers. Yeah, and I exactly. just, I just like, and then here's here's the worst part that I start seeing parallels into our current day and time in our own country, and I start going. Okay, and then I can't enjoy it even more. I, I, I enjoy it even less. Right. This was a hard watch for that exact same reason. I completely <laughs> yeah. concur. Yeah. 
I just it was a really hard watch. And on top of everything else, it's a Bruno Mattei film. And yeah. while this is his most put together film, it's still a shit film. It's still a shit. Yeah, you're exactly right. It's also a shit film. But yeah, I don't. I. I don't like being reminded about how much we're really fucking up in this country right now. Just saying. <laughs> yeah, it's real fun to watch this after all the shit that went down in CPAC here in our nation. Uh huh. Exactly. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's <sighs> it's yeah. I'm fucking terrified, Matt. Yeah. All right. Good. I'm not the only one. All right. Awesome. All right. So anyway, um, then uh, our Frau she has uh all the women stripped down. And then we get a training mon- uh, montage with sex from uh, the women having sex, everything from normal sex uh, to some BDSM, you know, whipping. Uh, uh, I believe the term you're looking girls. for instead of normal is straight. Straight. There you go. Sorry. Straight up sex. BDSM. Uh, did you see a deformed guy having sex with a woman? Yes. That- it looked yeah, as okay. though. There's definitely a deformed dude there, right? Yes. That um, He had a prosthetic leg on his right leg, and then his left leg looked as though it was withered down and there was no muscular. Um, and it looked like his body, like yeah. his hips were down, almost like he was a paraplegic, possibly. Well, he a had. A lot of strength in the upper body. Yeah, no, he had, um, there was also some growths coming off of his back that looked like yeah. um, his. Uh, shoulder blades may have been distorted in some way um like some type of defect that caused that i'm not sure what but he had a lot of like it looked like bony growths coming off of his back and his shoulders or stuff was fused together or whatever it, it, yeah. it almost he looked was like having his, a rough go of it. yeah it almost looked like his spine was folded in on itself and his legs stuck out the bottom from what should have been hips you know some, like some bad time war injuries there right but the th- the fact that they're get what they're getting at here is that you need to learn to have sex with and please and yes pretend to be in every way every single right and they're trying to make it like be really salacious and be like, yeah, they even have to sleep with deformed people. Yeah, yeah. Um, so and uh then you also see that's all gets mixed in with other activities like fencing practice, running, all this kind of shit. And it all ends with a woman just bawling her eyes out sitting on one of the beds while the three disturbed assholes running this thing watch. We cut then and uh our freaking hands and Ava they are, uh, they come home and, um, they kind of have a little moment where they speak to one another and she's like, you always get what you want. And then she pretty much blows him while a uh, face scar lady watches. And then that's the moment where he says he doesn't believe the girls are where they need to be. So more training's needed. And we see a girl even now tied up being whipped. And then, yeah, a girl laying naked with a, a German shepherd. Now she's naked. Yes. The German yeah. Shepherd is just laying there getting scritches and pets. They're, yeah, they're trying yeah. to heavily imply that she's trying to coax this dog into fucking her, right? Yeah, yeah, they're heavily implying that she's having sex with the dog. Right, but it's literally, even you can see it in the frame. I know you couldn't see it as well, probably. Your copy wasn't as yeah. great, but like you can see it in the frame. The dog is laying on the bed. She's in the other direction. None of the, none of the nasty bits are anywhere near each other, so nobody's getting arrested for making this movie. Yeah, yeah. And the dog's just getting petted. Right, and you know, he's just being a good boy, and yeah. they're just trying to imply that she's gonna fuck the dog but like you have to do the, the heavy lifting in your mind which is yeah that lazy like fucking that. bruno matei shit like well of course yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right so then we see two ladies are talking and then a new captain is there and he says he's taking them to their new home and, and they ask where it is he goes you can ask uh, but you know i can't tell you you just it's gonna be your new home as he walks away they tell a they talk to one another, and this one lady, she's really into him. 
Uh, she's really into the captain, uh, but she hates hands and she she hates Frau. So fuck them both. So it's important uh, to note that they are actually volunteers, so they're still on the side of the Nazis anyway. So you can't really yeah, like anybody. Also Nazis. Yeah. They're all Nazis. Yeah. So, so fuck everyone all of here's these a people. Nazi. Like not yeah. not li- well. Don't don't. This is a heel them. program. It's definitely a heel program, <laughs> including our director Bruno Mattei. It's an entirely heel program from from behind the camera and in front of the camera. It's a heel program, except for the poor dog. That dog didn't know anything about what it was doing. <laughs> he was just getting scratches, and he was a happy boy. Yeah. Well, anyway, it is now moving day, and that is our next clip. This is your new residence. Enjoy it. It's all yours. Its name is most appropriate. Blumenstrauss. Bouquet of flowers. And you, who were once drab and dull wallflowers, have been transformed into a magnificent bouquet of unique flowers. Your guest at Blumenstrauss shall be... Most distinguished members of the Wehrmacht. These officials are here to enjoy themselves. And it's up to you to see that they do. I want them to feel completely relaxed. It's very important that they speak freely of what they think about our Fuhrer. Ah, good shot. Fritz, have you heard the news? They're finally going to give us a well-earned rest. I've heard it's a place that's filled with beautiful girls. I believe it when I see it. You know how they are. They always change their minds. Yeah. Uh, I've only got one eye, but I've seen the orders, and it's a fact. You'll be getting more pussy than you can handle. Okay, but there's got to be a catch. I never heard of Blumenstrauss, and where in the hell do they gather all the beautiful girls to put in there? Gathered, you say? Or shanghaied? So what's the difference? A girl's a girl, no matter how you look at it. Officers who are at the very peaks of their careers. These are the officials that you shall entertain. The only women these men are able to conquer are in a bordello. You mean get rid of the Fuhrer and everything will be all right? No, but it's a beginning, gentlemen. The men behind him must go as well. Meyer, Muller, Berger, and all the others who are on our list. We must be free of them. Free. Before we can breathe again. Half of Germany must disappear before the people can realize that the Fuhrer and the state are not... So, uh, we, now we heard from our guys who are being set up here, but, you know, they're still not heroes just because they want to kill Hitler now. They've gotten all they can get out of this war, and now they now they want to cash out is pretty much what it sounds like to me. So, Which, fuck these guys, too. That's relatively historically accurate. They're like, hey, maybe yeah. if we kill him before they can kill him, they won't kill us. Yeah, and then, you know, we can keep all the fucking loot we've pretty much taken from this fucking war. Right. So, um, all right. So then we, uh, the, then we see Hans, and he is, uh, uh, and he concludes the ladies telling them that they need to get them to open up about their plans after, you know, they get done, after they are, they're all fucking, you know, worn out and tired from fucking, apparently. So, 
Uh, and then uh, the guys, you know, as you heard, they're, they also end with the guys going through the list and who they're going to kill and all that. And that ends pretty much the first 20 minutes. All right. So this is exactly the plot of Salon Kitty thus far. Only they're training normal women that volunteered, it said? or uh, they, they, they say it's prostitutes. So okay, so they, they normal ladies. They, ra- they are prostitutes. They, yeah, so. they rounded up prostitutes and then started training them to make sure that they would be able to handle anything. So that they could be used as like a way to pry knowledge out of the various clientele to blackmail them for that very purpose (laughs) or or to uh, thwart any of these types of uh, would be attacks, which it kind of makes sense. You don't want a traitor in your ranks. You want to get rid of them and all of that. I I get that. Uh, I don't think it should have taken us 20 minutes to get to this point of the story, though. Like the training montage, as much as it was somewhat enjoyable to watch and and had its moments of some genuine genuine things that were really trying to shock you. I think the only thing that really shocked me was just how exploitative it was willing to get. Exactly. (laughs) You know, and I I just, I don't know, man, like this movie could have been a good 30 minutes shorter. (laughs) It still conveyed the same thing with the same amount of effort. (laughs) <laughs> or at least just like pad the movie out with more nudity or something, I guess. I don't know. But yeah, even I that, know. I don't know would help because it's a Nazi exploitation flick. So yeah. yeah, let's spend less time trying to analyze it and move on to the next 20 minutes. <laughs> exactly. The next 20 minutes. So uh, the guys are now, the generals are all there and they're eating dinner and they're, the women are naked and they're all kind of just, you know, woohoo and about and they have a toast to Hitler. And um uh, then they break in that one lady who likes the captain. She meets up with the captain and they go to another room. Uh, we have uh, more drinking and messing around and everyone's being all fucking happy assholes. Uh, one of the generals and hands, they kind of have a little back and forth that really actually makes no fucking sense whatsoever. The, I mean, they're saying words, but none of it actually makes any fucking sense. So I, I, I did. I was almost going to clip it, and I'm like, no, it makes no fucking sense what they're fucking talking about. Now I wish you would have clipped it. because I now nah, maybe. I, I will say this. This movie left no impression on me at all. Like, I was trying to come up with something to talk about with the yeah. film, but it really is just kind of hollow and awe more than anything. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of how, yeah. I mean, it is, I mean, good thing we front-loaded with a whole bunch of information about Nazi exploitation films. <laughs> yeah, I did that by design. Yeah, good job. <laughs> I was um, like, I got nothing for the review, so I'm going to do this. Yeah, um, some more craziness ensues, and that one general, he took Ava and got her on the floor and started fucking her on the floor. So Hans gets a little mad about it and starts fucking yelling about the guy's patched up underwear and how it was, like, not good. So, um... And then, uh, this is yeah. where he reminded me of the spoiled brat characters that always pop up in the American Horror Story guy's stuff, Ryan Murphy's yeah. stuff. There's always this kind of guy who's like Ugh. emotionally inept, but pretty and just really psychotic. Yeah, that's fucking just insane. Um, so then the captain, we cut back to that captain guy and the girl who are in a separate room, and he's telling her the next day he's actually have to le- he has to leave because he's been sent he's being sent to the front. Um. Then we start going from bedroom to bedroom, and there's all sorts of, you know, kinky sex happening between everybody. Uh, So shit's going on. And then... uh, None of it a good time because it's all a bunch of fucking Nazis. Then Hans, we cut to Hans' room, and it is every young Republican's wet dream, just wall-to-wall swastikas and uh he and ava are starting to get down um and she's like stripping for him um 
So then uh, we see uh, um, uh, Frau, the Scarred Lady, she's with uh, some other dude who's, we only see the top of his head, it looks weird, but he's uh, he's petting a dog, and she's she's petting his head, and it's just, I don't know. I don't know, man. I'm not, I don't know. So Yeah, they're trying to hint at a bunch of different sexual kinks and various things like that, and doing shorthand yeah. with it, and they're trying to make you do all the work of, you know, you can come up with whatever weird perverted thing you think it is that they're actually doing, because that's going to be more shocking to you than anything else like the worst thing you possibly can think it's supposed to be is what it is yeah yeah that's the whole tack this Uh. movie's taking but really all they're doing is just showing you these tableaus of like mostly naked women coddling to these gross old dudes Oh, and like man, some of at, these guys with their shirts off, it's just bad. Yeah, and there's hints of like BDSM and like some of them just liking being the cause of pain or they have rape fantasies, so they make the women indulge them with that. Like that was in the training somewhat too. You know, it's yeah. just, just that's the kind of thing that they're trying to do. Whatever weird, sick, gross, shocking thing they can try and jam down your throat, that's what they're trying to do. Yes, exactly. And then it all kind of ends with... um uh, it, uh, creepy hands. He gets back on his piano, which is his thing to do. Starts playing piano, and when he's playing it, every guy pretty much confesses their plan to kill Hitler to the women they're with, and what they actually think of Hitler. How he's a madman. How he's insane. Well, how they the ladies they bait them in it. this too. This is part of their yeah. thing. Like once they get them, oh yeah, you have to confess to me now. Is what one of them says. Yeah, yeah, and that's what they wanted. They wanted some kind of deep dark confession. And so once the guy loses the nut juice, he's all about talking what's going on in his life. Yeah, exactly. Um. So uh, then later on, all the guys are kind of celebrating, sitting in chairs, just like, woohoo, what a great time they had. And Hans comes out as a priest with Frau and Eva as two women, like, holding up Nazi symbols on either side of them. And that leads to our next clip. General von Bumberg. General von Fitzbellen. General von Kluge. General von Frecht. General von Richthofen. You have been brought to this tribunal and stand accused of high treason. How do you gentlemen plead? Well? Gentlemen. What's going on? Could it be that our fortuitous friend is looking for some kind of gratuity? Having been a little, <laughs> a little free with our tongues, he's taking advantage of us. Look at the little scoundrel. <laughs> Save your blasphemy. Do not insult the integrity of this court. Perhaps you're unaware of the seriousness of your crimes. I ask you, gentlemen, how do you plead? I should like to address the court, Mr. President. You see, it's like this, Mr. President. You as the pimp know exactly what's going on. You have completely prepared your stage and arranged all of your actors. On either side of you, you have placed an old whore, dressed in gaudy tinsel. But unfortunately, we, Mr. President, don't really know our parts in this and can't join the fun until we get a script. We must first be acquainted with the plot so that we may enjoy your splendid farce. <laughs> splendid, General. You mean tragic farce, General von Kluger. I've had enough of this, Schellenberg. Your stupid game is beginning to bore me. Stupid game? Do not be disillusioned, General von Fitzbellen. He should be annihilated. Those were some of the words you used when you spoke about the Fuhrer. Our beloved Fuhrer. You have profaned our glorious leader. You have called him mad, insane, degenerate, sex maniac, destroyer of the world. You want him killed, eliminated, a bullet in his head, you cried. A man who has given you everything, who thinks not of himself, but of the people of Germany. 
Schellenberg, you can't speak like that to us. We are officers of the Third Reich. General von Kluger, be quiet. I can speak to you like that. I have been given the right directly from our glorious Führer. I am to act as your judge and as your executioner. So the men are taken away, uh, and um, and so then they are marched on horses, riding backwards. They have to ride backwards on horses in their underwear with silly little hats on. Presumably, we see him being marched to their death. Then the general, the uh, general who originally visited, uh, who gave him this mission, well, he has a new mission, and that's our next clip. Have you ever heard of Dilo Wangerhans? <laughs> who hasn't heard of the divine Oscar General? Oscar Dilo Wangerhans is to be eliminated by order of the Fuhrer. That's that skirmish in Warsaw. He went a bit too far. Between him and his two faithful friends, he managed to kill 15,000 defenseless citizens. The entrance to their headquarters was decorated with two giant pyramids of decapitated heads. And now the divine Oscar, as you refer to him, has acquired a new hobby. He collects severed hands. Guterin himself sent a letter to the Fuhrer threatening to resign his commission, and that isn't all. I received this letter just three days ago. It is signed by General Brown. Here, read it. My dear General Berger, the following are common criminals and should be treated as such. Animals who I believe do not deserve the privilege of wearing a uniform. Well, Schellenberg, the Fuhrer has requested that you entertain Oscar and his two friends. The Fuhrer has a great deal of confidence in your ability, Schellenberg. I'm sure you won't let him down. Herr Delawanga is to be treated with complete respect. Do not forget he has been decorated with a gold German cross. The operation must be as quick and as painless as possible. All right, and that kind of ends that 20 minutes when we go into the next. Uh, so, yeah, okay. Oh. So we've seen them set up the plot on how they're going to catch these guys. Then we see them catch this guy. And now we're on the new mission because we really only needed, what, 40 total minutes to get to where we're at. And we still have 40-ish more to go. Yes, we're, we're halfway through the movie and they're already done with the main part of the mission of what they were supposed to do. Right, like we couldn't see them catching more people. Like they could have done like a montage of them catching more people even. And they could have lightened up on the training montage. Right. But the, the sexual perversion thing that they're trying to sell at the front of it, they took Heck, so the punishment of the guys they caught. Eh, they don't you have the money. For, fucked up. Yeah, they don't have the money for that. What, what, I'm oh, angling, okay. what I'm angling for here is more sex scenes of them in the brothel. <laughs> oh, there you go. Like just, just maximize your fun. Fucking gross take. You know, you you've spent all yeah. this time showing how trained they are. Could have cut that down a little bit, and then you know, on the back end, just had your actresses running around nude and doing some more perverse stuff. Because none of the guys in the film that are actually having any sex are really all that great to look at. I feel like I'm looking in a mirror with most of them. Yeah, same. I felt bad if any women want to like you know get some out of this movie, which I don't see what they could possibly or get. Or anybody movie, that would but... be attracted to a human male. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's yeah. not a lot of eye candy for people who are. Attracted to human men in this. Yeah, yeah, no, because there aren't really any human men in this. So, I mean, the main kind of guy that I've been kind of like talking about how he's like, you know, this striking, weird looking guy, and he looks like he's from American Horror Story. I can kind of see where, you know, maybe you yeah. glom onto that, but like that's the closest thing that we get. And even he's a little weird looking. And I suppose the guy who's like uh, the captain who meets up with the uh, 
the other girl privately. Yeah, he's supposed to be like the the hero kind of of the piece, right? Or the yeah, that, I think so. Or at least the protagonist, the guy that we're supposed to care about. But he gets sent away, and like he's not really in this at this point. So like that's all you get, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, you're you're true. So I mean, and still, even though he's supposed to be the protagonist, he is again. Uh, let's not forget, he he's a Nazi, <laughs> right? So and, I mean, and another thing that we really need to kind of discuss too is the way that a lot of this stuff is shot. It's purposely trying to gross you out. It's purposely trying to make you feel. Yeah. disgusted at the acts that you're seeing. They're not trying to portray this as like, you know, good time sex. They're trying to make this as grody and grotesque for you as possible. And if it doesn't work, all it does is bore you. And if it does, then you spend the whole movie disgusted. Like, that's basically the premise of this. It's a, a dick move. <laughs> <laughs> right. They're like daring you to try and enjoy it. That's what this yeah, film yeah, is doing. You want to have a good time? Yeah. Well, too bad. Dick. <laughs> Look at this gross shit. And then there's Nazi stuff. Ha ha. Yeah. Clip. Ha ha. Everything you love is bad. <laughs> Pretty much. Um. So, uh, Hans and the two ladies, they brainstorm about ideas. And Ava's like, remember, you have someone on your team who hates Oscar, which is like Hans's top lieutenant guy uh, who took the generals in. Uh, apparently he hates Oscar. So they're like, all right, well, at least they have a plan starting. Well, this Oscar shows up and he's checking out the ladies. Um, uh, and, uh, and he tells, uh, Hans, he's like, oh, wow, these ladies are really great. He goes, you, we should, uh, he goes, uh, someday you should come visit, uh, my camp and you can play with my prisoners is what he says. And it's just fucking, all right, you're dick. <laughs> I mean, you're Nazi, so duh, but still <laughs> fucking dick i mean yeah so you already tell this guy's a, a piece of shit who you know really doesn't fucking uh, you know believe in human life at all um so uh well oscar's got a bum eye and he keeps like raising up his little fucking eyebrow you know his little uh eye patch thing and lowering it back down and that's just super fucking annoying too but anyway <laughs> um let's see here his one guy he has a couple guys with him and he says his uh one guy and he's like this bald guy he's got a weird scar uh he's kind of staring at frau a lot and he um he's really gonna uh start getting into whipping her uh she brings him a whip and he starts whipping her and his other guy whose name is wang um well he likes all the ladies so he literally starts taking all the ladies just start they start he starts just getting all the girls um and, uh, well, we get more of the, uh, uh, Hans playing the piano and there's sexy times and there's whipping and all that. And then finally, um, all trying uh, to be salacious and gross and not for your enjoyment, yeah. but for your, like, I don't know, sort of watching a train crash slowly <laughs> type yeah. of entertainment where you just can't take your eyes away from it. Yeah, exactly. Something like that. So, um, then for some reason, whip guy. I think he's getting pissed because he thinks maybe Wang took too many women. So they start to stare down and then they start wrestling around and then the girls do a dog pile and everyone's having a good time and laughing. Uh, they're fucking Nazi laughing and it's fucking gross. Um, yeah, well, it's a Nazi exploitation film. That's how it goes. Then Oscar's talking to Ava and he's like, hey, what are you drinking? She's like, oh, I'm drinking cognac. And he goes, have you ever had cognac with blood? Grabs one of the girls in the sex pile, bites her to draw blood, and then puts it in the cup. So, yeah, he's 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 a weird guy. <gasps> he's, he's not normal. 
<laughs> yeah, the guy's got some weird fetishes and stuff, but the thing that really makes him awful is the fact that he's a Nazi. Yes, that's that's way more horrible than anything else. Just you shouldn't be a Nazi. It's not a good look. Yeah, the for, fact that he likes anybody. to drink blood with his cognac, that that's paled in comparison with everything else that's rotten about him that he's a Nazi. Yeah, I mean, he's just it, you shouldn't be a fucking Nazi. It's just not good. Uh not good for anybody. Yeah, the only good so, Nazi is a dead Nazi. We know this, Matt. Yes, yes, of course. Duh. Um, uh, so anyway, uh, that night later on, there's a storm, really bad storm, and Oscar wakes up, he sees a girl outside his window staring at him. Well, he decides to chase after her, and as he's outside, he's going kind of crazy, shooting outside. Um, well, all the guys kind of run out, and he's killed on accident by Wang. Uh, I don't think he really knew who he was getting at, he didn't know that was his, you know, guy out there. So then Wang starts freaking out, and then the lieutenant guy, he comes out, and he shoots... Wang and Whip Guy killing them both. So now, there you go, that job's dead. That night, Hans, Ava, and Frau, they, they pretty much have a three-way where he makes them say that he's the, you know, he's the only true Nazi out there and that he should be the new Fuhrer is pretty much what he says. So kind of blasphemy kind of talk for, you know, Nazi Germany. You're not supposed to say that kind of shit. Well, it's specifically for this guy because up until this point, you know, he was all about the leadership. and Yeah, he's all about Hitler. Yeah, and now he's completely changed his tune because, well, he's gotten a taste of the power and he thinks that he's, you know, got some kind of control in all of this. And so he's all full of himself. And, you know, the megalomania that makes you that kind of an asshole that would become a Nazi. Well, that's one prominent display here. Yeah, yeah, yep. Um, And so that ends that 20 minutes goes into the next 20 minutes. Um, there's time for doctor checkups and, uh, we, we hear a girl first screaming and all the other girls waiting in line. So then the other girl, then the next girl goes in and she, there's like, how long has it been since she had her period? And she goes about a month and then he slaps her and they find out she's pregnant. And this is the girl who was with that captain. They find out she's pregnant. So they're going to force her to have an abortion. I think it's heavily implied that it's supposed to be the captain's baby. Like, yeah, like she's been purposely hiding it for at least a month, maybe longer, because I think she lied about it <laughs> with the whole period Probably, thing. Yeah. So I think she's been hooking and hoping that she won't be showing just yet because she'll be in a lot of trouble or maybe she wants to keep the baby because she thinks she's in love. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Something like that. I mean, that I think she is in love with this captain guy. So, I mean, I guess, I guess even Nazis can love, but I doubt it. So anyway. Well, they can pretend that it's something like they would be able to experience, but that's not true. Yeah, yeah. They're sociopaths. So, <laughs> yeah, only after you stop being a Nazi can you truly experience what love actually is. Yeah, yeah. Then you can be all about it. So then later on, Frau wants to bone hands. Uh, uh, but he, it's a no go for him. She starts crying and he goes, she goes, why, why? And he goes, have you looked at yourself? And so of course, pretty much just saying it's because of her scar. She then says it's because of Ava and she'll kill her. And he's like, no, it's because of your scar. Um, so either way, she also says that, you know, he shouldn't say no because she could destroy him and we're going to find out how. So we get to, there's some more, you know, uh, more kind of kinkier sex with Hans and Ava where she just, I don't know what the hell she's doing. She's like rubbing his boots and that's, 
that's doing something for him though so. uh, yeah, it's like a foot worship kind of thing i think they're you know hinting at and then there's also a sub culture in some bdsm that involves leather boots with like cleaning and caressing that like the boots and the leather itself is like the sexy thing and i mean they're fascist so obviously they're into boot licking yeah (laughs) obviously yeah there's that too so i mean there's a bunch of things that they're trying to like shorthand here with that sequence even though i agree with you it just looks like she's just rubbing his boots and going ooh, ooh. you're like wait what it's what she's doing yeah i mean it's there's i mean it's not like she's using her tongue it's not really getting like weird or like even like more than just somewhat suggestive it's like amanda pete's character trying to seduce um (laughs) matthew perry's character in the whole 10 yards in the hotel room to make uh bruce bruce willis's character jealous where she's like she's like trying to act all sexy she's like ooh, ooh, and you're like no that's what what are you doing stop it (laughs) right like that's what the boot caress look like where like it's supposed to be this like enticing titillating sexual thing but it's literally just her lightly caressing the boot with her hand and it's not sexual in any way you could really perceive yeah 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 exactly that's why it was Um, confusing to you matt they're trying to shorthand a bunch of other types of things it's it's all fucked up (laughs) right it's poorly executed is what i'm getting at yeah anyway we see frows right in the letter she gives it to a guy to send off and pretty much tells him once she sends off the letter, he can have his reward, which is heavily implied that it's her because she strips down naked. Yep. Um, well, the general then visits, and that is our next clip. Is that you, General Bergen? Yes, Schellenberg. It is I. Another mission? Yes, Schellenberg. Your last one. The last? We're closing shop. We want to do it gracefully. I have had many serious complaints from my superiors about your conduct. And these complaints have reached the ears of the Fuhrer. Obviously. These men are envious of me. I suppose they are jealous of the man who wants to take the place of our glorious Fuhrer. I'm afraid that you have abused the privileges that have been given to you by him. I have always been devoted to the Fuhrer. How can you believe those rumors? Shut up! How can you tell me you're anything more than a traitor to the Fuhrer? You are too ambitious. Schellenberg. A pity, you know. Tonight we shall have a banquet, and you shall be our honored guest. Consider it a going away party. Excuse me for interrupting your music, but I should play something more suitable to the occasion. Requiem for the dead. All right, so, yeah, things aren't going well for him, and Frau really did uh, sell him down the river on that one. Uh, I guess no honor amongst fascists is how it goes, right? Yeah, so she takes off and like leaves him there and uses the knowledge that she had to get away in time, right? That's what she did? No, Frau is still there. Well, she no, yeah, she's still there. She's saying, like, oh, I wasn't a part of this at all, and just blamed him. <laughs> and as we're going to see, somebody else. Um, as then Frau leads a bunch of soldiers into Ava's room, and says there she is and Ava's like uh oh man that's probably not good and it's not um she is uh picked up and then Ava uh or not Ava uh Frau cuts Ava's face much like hers and Ava in pain stumbles out a window and falls to her death okay now she was the pregnant one that was in love with the soldier too right no Ava's not 
Ava was the madam. Okay. All right. I'm who not. Who found all the girls. I got her confused yeah. with Ava like all the time. I thought. Oh, okay. Yeah. I thought she was doing everything that she could to protect the kid so she didn't have to get the abortion. And that's how I always like, I guess, just pictured it because they look almost exactly the fucking same to me. Like there's a lot of these ladies that are very confusing and they don't spend enough time actually developing the characters. And honestly, no. I never and paid yes. that close attention. Like I wasn't taking notes on it to pay close enough attention to care either. I had to go back a lot of times to make sure who was who and what was what. Yeah, because they're they're all interchangeable. Like you can go face blind in this movie. Because yeah, you, you really can't, can. you can't tell any of the women apart, other than hey, listen, some of the stuff that they're involved with, unless they're in a specific scene. I'm going to be 100 percent honest. Until this point in the movie, I didn't have any names. I had uh, face scar, uh, uh, sexy madam chick, um, and creepy dude uh, for hands. The madam Eva and uh, Frau. Uh, then um, we cut to war at the. Uh, we're at the front line of the war. Uh, our captain guy, he's trying to get stuff out, trying to attack American or not American uh, Russian tanks uh, because uh, they're 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 knee deep in uh, getting their asses kicked by the Russians. And um, so uh, we cut then back to Frau visits a very desperate and abandoned hands, Hello. and that is our final clip. Hello. Well, try it again, operator. There must be somebody there. I've tried it several times and nobody answers, sir. I'm sorry. Deserted. I've been deserted. Why? Why? What have I done to them? I've always been so good. Your power is gone. And before the night has passed, your life will be over. Inga, how can you speak to me like that? Think of what we've meant to each other. <laughs> I would never leave you, Hans. You wouldn't? <laughs> no, of course you wouldn't leave me like the rest. <gasps> I was very mean to you, but I didn't mean it. I wouldn't harm you. You know that. I'm all alone. Please stay. Don't go. I'm so scared, Inga. Burger's getting ready for my funeral. He wants me to die. Oh, help me, Inga. Was found today. The heart of Germany has stopped beating. Adolf Hitler is dead. Adolf Hitler is dead? Then Burger, Burger doesn't mean anything now. Inga, don't you realize nothing means anything now? It was you, Inga. Wasn't it? How else could he have known what I said? It was you, you bitch in heat. You turned me in, you wanted me slaughtered. Like one of those fat-ass generals that we butchered in here, isn't that right, Inga? Tell me the truth, isn't that right, Inga? You forced me to do it, Hans. See that? Do you remember? You said we'd be lovers even after death. Come, Hans. Please, I want you to make love to me. That's a bold request after everything she's done. Right? Yeah. 
I just signed your death warrant, but uh, hey, how about one more time for the road? <laughs> yeah, can you ignore the scar on my face now that you're going to die a horrible death either way? Yeah, well, I mean, really though, fuck him. So, uh, <laughs> Well, I do, um, do want to kind of stress, um, this is something that you see all of the time with these people that get drunk on power, they think they're fucking invincible and they become this whatever it was that he became so full of himself and like a big old braggart and thinking he's indestructible and, you know, a god and all of that kind of stuff. And when they go, get shoved into a narcissistic wound type situation where they're knocked down a peg and they have to deal with who they are, they go into this crazy death spiral that really takes the entirety of everyone around them with them in some way, shape or form, including encouraging people to go storm a castle. Capital and you know, end up yeah. trying to do some kind of insurrection for the dumbest reason possible to well, stop like a said, fucking vote that is mostly just yeah. <laughs> a uh, symbolic, a, yeah, a symbolic ceremony, and that's it. <laughs> but but they they've been told that they can stop it, so they they go. I mean, right, like it's... that's every one of those fuckers that are being interviewed afterwards, and how they're all tearful about how they fucked up their lives and they've destroyed this and that. Yeah. And you see this all the time with uh, the fucking crying Nazi guy. Was, yeah. You know, that that ended up on TV bawling his ass off because he got busted doing something and now he's going to have jail time and shit's going to be horrible for him. Well, you yeah, fucking oh. made your bed and you fucking lie in it, you Nazi pricks. Big fucking exactly. Watching these fuckers ball their ass off, like in this movie where this guy realizes what he's done to himself and then seeking comfort from this fucking lady. Ugh. It just really, really fucking enervated me watching it at this point. Same. So Frau goes running to hands to kind of embrace, and they're, they're, it looks like they're going to bone, and he doesn't at all. He, in fact, uh, stabs her with a sword that was given to him for him to kill himself with by the general. So, sorry, Frau, you're, you're dead. So then, uh, back at the, uh, uh, the line... Uh, a general talks uh, to the captain, and they're like, we're surrendering here by the end of the week. Uh, the captain says he's going to head back to that house to save some of the girls uh, from the Russians. And the general was like, oh, you, he's leaving to save, uh, you know, he's leaving his general to, you know, go save whores. And you're like, oh, you're in fucking array of sunshine, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, he, he was talking about how he's abandoning his post and everything, and it's like, no, he's trying to get some people out that, you know, while they're agents for this side, they're not exactly involved in the military operation, and the last thing they need is to be shoved off into a gulag somewhere. Like, he's yeah. he's trying to do, I guess, the noble thing, but at the same time, they're all Nazis, so fuck them. Yeah, they're all Nazis, so no one really cares uh, if they're doing the right thing or not. Uh, <laughs> Right, until they stop being a Nazi and get rehabilitated. So this could be argued that this is the guy rehabilitating and trying to do what's right and realize he was on the wrong side of history. Like, I could see where you could possibly buy that from this character here, but for me, it's too little too late, so I don't care. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Fuck, fuck them all. So, uh, he, uh... So then Hans comes out, and the general says that everyone... Uh, they're talking, the general's playing piano, everyone's getting real drunk, there's a big party... And the uh, general says everyone has to die, even the girls. And and Franz goes, does, does do they know? General's like, yeah, they actually do know. They they know they have to die. So uh, Hans then plays the radio broadcast of the news of Hitler uh, being dead. Uh, then he kind of screams about how you know fuck Nazi Germany. We you know we didn't do enough. What uh, whatever. And he kills himself. So I mean, like we care. Bye, Nazi prick. <laughs> um. 
You Nazi bastard. So then, um, uh, we, uh, we then cut back to the captain making his way through a lot of bombs and bullets and everything, trying to get back to the house. We, uh, come back to the final 15 minutes of the movie. Uh, there's more party, partying happening. An injured soldier comes in. One of the, uh, uh, ladies whispers in the general's ear. So he takes out a gun and shoots him. Um, so then we cut to captain again, running through, trying to get back to the house. Um, a guy at the party just, you know, arbitrarily takes out the gun and shoots himself in the head. Uh, the captain shows up, says he wants to evac everyone. And the general is just hammered to high heaven and says he really doesn't care about this anymore. He mentions gibberish about becoming uh, Hitler's message boy and then says it doesn't matter anymore and he orders the captain to enjoy himself. The captain's checking out some food uh, while ladies hanging all over him. And another guy tells him that, that the house was owned by a Jewish person. But, of course, you know, they took it. He was sent off to a concentration camp. Then said, uh, but they first had baptized him by cutting his balls off. When the captain pissed off, goes back to talk to the general. And that guy who told him that story kills himself by shooting himself in the head. The captain uh, talking to the general and says that they are none of them are worth saving. Uh, this was just a terrible thing. The general launches a spiel about all the atrocities he has been ordered to do in the last few years. And uh, while he's telling them all the things he's done, everyone's killing themselves in the background. Everyone's shooting themselves in the head. Yeah, that was kind of... That was really interesting. That was like the one interesting part of this to watch. Yeah. I was like, oh, that's kind of cool that everyone's just murdering themselves right now. Yeah, there's a movie called Downfall that um, the very end of it is like the most satisfying ending of a movie you can ever watch where it's like all of the leaders and their families killing themselves in the Nazi oh. party. Like, and it's all in the bunker and it's like this serious, sad, depressive thing. This is the most enjoyable portion of this movie. And the reason I'm bringing it up because it lasts even longer and it's even more palpable in Downfall if you want to be sadistic and how much you enjoy watching Nazis off themselves. Yeah, okay. I'm in. Yeah, okay. Downfall is what it's called? Yeah, you're, cool. you're going to have to try and find it sometime for yourself because I'm sure you'll enjoy it. Uh, but I agree with you. It's the best shot sequence. It is yeah. the most well done, and they clearly choreographed it because while he's saying things in the speeches, it's like some of the words that he's saying are driving people to the point where they realize it's over and they just take their life. Like, this was something yep. that they all decided they were just going to do. Like, all right, we'll have a little bit more fun, and then we're just... When it looks like the the enemy is getting too close, we'll just end it. Yeah, and there are various tragedy tales very similar to this where, you know, wars, the enemy is moving in and it's the last gasp party, but it's never yeah. so sweet as watching a bunch of fucking Nazis kill themselves. <laughs> exactly. And taking a coward's uh, way out rather than be taken prisoner. Like, that's so much more satisfying than when you see it in other wartime movies where someone does something similar. Yeah. So then... um. With everything that's kind of happened there, uh, the then general asks for the captain's gun, takes it, and he seems to shoot himself in the deck. So, I mean, all right, <laughs> whatever you got to do, you know, <laughs> to make yourself feel better. Yeah, um, that was weird. Like, it's a weird, like, angle for the shot that happens, and you're right. It looks like yeah. he shoots himself in the crotch. So, anyway, after this, the captain looks around and realizes he's alone. He's the only one alive. Uh, he sits with all the bodies a bit. Before he gets up and walks away. And then he finds the lady. Her name was Anna. And she's holding a doll baby. And you can tell she is just fucked to high heaven. Uh, uh, she is a little bit nuts uh, from her forced abortion and all that. Well, he leads her out 
and they leave the house. Roll credits. So in a way, it's a happy ending if you hate Nazis, which that should be your default state. Um, yeah, that should be set. That should be the set default. There is hating Nazis. Yeah. Yes. Now all the movies that I mentioned, I don't think really any of the Nazi exploitation flicks are really. All, none of them are really all that great of movies. I think Ilsa may be the most well produced, and I haven't seen Love Camp Seven uh, <laughs> enough to be able to differentiate it from the other bits of the pack that I was going from my memory on. But there are. Plenty that are much more boring and worse than this one. And then there are a handful that are a lot more better produced, but mostly they're right. Uh, This is a, this is a good touchstone to like, if you're going to touch on a genre and then walk away and never touch it again, which could very well happen. Run away. Yeah. Like, (laughs) like I don't really think that outside of finding another one of these that Matei did, I'm going to do another Nazi exploitation film on this podcast. They're not that much fun to talk about as and cover. And it's also like, there's not really much there to really dig your teeth into. It's all on the surface with, this and you and i both like to talk about subtext and symbolism and character development and while you don't get any of that with a matei film usually what you do get is something that's outrageous and worth talking about because it's just so goddamn strange but this is him at his most straight laced by the numbers story that he possibly could it's a straight remake of salon kitty just done rather poorly so it's basically on par with like your uh women's prison massacre and then the other one was what violence in a women's prison yeah, I think so, yeah. Yeah, but there was something that that had that made both of those movies specifically far more enjoyable, and that's Laura Jemsner. Yes, of course. I mean, Laura Jemsner is going to make everything better. Right. And we didn't get that in this movie, but we got a relatively, you know, similar tale to... It, it's no different than women Violence in a Women's Prison or Women's Prison Massacre. It, it's yeah. it's no different than that. I mean, it's all kind of the same thing. Um, the storyline is... It's exactly Salon Kitty. So if you really want to watch one and you want to watch at least something that's a little more well-made, just jump to Salon Kitty. You, If you want to just go more an art house version of this that like kind of dips its toe into the genre a little bit more and is a little bit more of an art film version of it, but still very depressing and down just like this, I would recommend Night Porter. But like, I, I got nothing to recommend for SS Girls. We literally only did it because it was a way to pad out the Matei made film, films to have a May slash March Matei episode. Oh, that's just fucking super. Thanks a lot. (laughs) Well, and we never talked about Nazi exploitation and... I, none of them are really like, like I said there's not really any of them that are all that much better I would say yeah. you know and it's a perfect touchstone because it's right in about the middle of the pack like that's how that's how me that's how mediocre Bruno Mattei is at his best is he just he makes a middle of the run kind of Nazi exploitation flick <laughs> in like a sea of much more out there twisted yeah. and just fucked up ones and just be thankful I'm not making you watch those because you would really hate them I would. <laughs> yeah, like I said, this one was relatively tame compared to some of the other ones that, that I've got or that oh I've seen. God. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I got nothing else really to talk about it. I'm done. I'm ready to move on to some news if you are. Yeah, let's do it. All right, we're going to take a little break here. We're going to play the promo for Geek Radio Daily, have a little bit more music that's metal and bring us on up out of this funk. And when we come back, we'll do some PSYOP news. Are you having trouble keeping up with the ebbs and flows of modern geekery? Is the real world holding you back from knowing what is happening in the geeky world? To answer these and other personal problems brought in by your friends, gaming group, and loved ones, Geek Radio Daily presents daily informational sessions brought to you by the wonderful Billy Flynn, the Flynnstress, and podcasting's Rich Siegfried. 
They contain such helpful segments as history, geek birthdays, box office results, the latest in DVD and Blu-ray, video game and comic releases. Why, they also have a Sweekly show hosted by the wonderful Billy Flynn and the Flynnstress, which includes interviews and commentary. And to make sure you are informed, Geek Radio Daily also provides you with your daily dose of geek news to make sure you know more than that jerk know-it-all Steve. Visit us at geekradiodaily.com. That's right, Geek Radio Daily. All the geek without the weight. Now available in fine Corinthian leather. Jesus, that was definitely inspired by Meshuggah. <laughs> There's a... Are they Swedish? I think they're Swedish. They're uh, a metal band, and they're named Meshuggah. And they do those sort of, like, off-rhythm, uh, off like, jazzy type of things. And the music it sounds so much like that. Like, the guitars and everything, the way the distortion is done, they sound exactly <laughs> like what that was. So somebody found a way to really emulate them. <laughs> yeah. Just like, hey, here we go. We'll just be just like you guys. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's the feel I was kind of going for. Anyway, I wanted that kind of metal to, you know, just be a little bit more fun. Because I'm trying yeah. to bring us all out of this funk, so. <laughs> yeah, trying to bring us out of the Nazi funk. Yeah, the only, <laughs> the best way to do that is for you to give us some PSYOP news. This comes from my man Robert on the field. Um, Time man rushed to hospital after putting ring on penis in desperate bid to make it bigger ahead of Valentine's Day. Could you say that so, again? You bet. Lord of the Sting. Time man rushed to hospital after putting ring on penis in desperate bid to make it bigger ahead of Valentine's Day. And we're back to dicks. We definitely are. It uh, always Romeo- goes back to dicks. Put a steel nut on his manhood to make it bigger for a Valentine's Day date. But it was but he was rushed to the hospital after it swelled dangerously for two days. Wait, a nut? Like like an actual like uh like for a nut and bolt nut? Yeah, I think so. Uh, how dumb can you be? There's threading in that. That's gonna fuck you up, man. I don't disagree, man. <laughs> uh, look, I'm not saying that, you know, using a cock ring is necessarily, you know, a bad thing, but like trying to make it bigger and leaving it on for several days, hoping that it'll continue to get bigger is a really bad plan. 
Yeah. Because the blood has to flow in and out of it. And if you block the blood flow out and you only allow the blood flow in, you're still blocking fresh blood (laughs) eventually. Yeah. It, uh... It doesn't sound like he really thought it through. <laughs> no, man. I'm just saying, get yourself the pump. It's much better if that's what you're trying to go for. I mean, yeah. I, I just, yeah, it doesn't really sound like he thought all of this completely through. <laughs> nope. So, I come as a cure for cancer. Wow. Uh, I watering pictures show. And so, if you want to check out the article, shut up. Are you man. talking about penises? Wait, there's photos? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I want to read pictures so doctors slicing off the do-it-yourself willy enlarger with a power tool and pliers in Bangkok, Thailand. Don't threaten to cut off my cock for $60. Mostly because I have put my penis inside of you bareback. The, the sheepish patient told doctors he had been excited about seeing a woman for a date on Sunday and just wanted to impress her. It's micro-penis time. Jump the human this bowl. He had heard that rings could be used to enlarge and strengthen a penis by forcing blood into the glands. So he pulled a 3 centimeter wide, 1.2 inches steel nut from his toolbox and slipped it over his member using baby oil. Oh. Dude! (laughs) It's just, it gets worse. (laughs) It doesn't get better. It only gets worse. (laughs) Those measurements do not sound like a good plan regardless of how lack of girth you may have. Uh, I got. I gotta agree. It, I, like I said, I, what was the internal diameter again? Uh, it was one point two inches. Internal width was one point two inches. So that's that still sounds centimeter, that's, three centimeter wide. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. The internal diameter is going to be less because it's a nut. So he's using a nut that he had to lube up to get over his penis. It's only an inch and a half internal diameter from what we can gather. That measurement yeah. seems like a bad idea. <laughs> I would agree. I would uh, think you're right there. Yeah. I wouldn't think you're wrong. <laughs> I think your math's good. Uh, so, so, however, then the following day, his penis had swelled painfully, and he found he was unable to remove the ring. I wonder why services. it was already too small, dumbass. Yeah, it was It was too late for this guy, okay? Uh, so then he... Um, uh, he called emergency services on Saturday afternoon, having had uh, the nut jammed around the base of his penis since Friday morning. Told rescuers, I was terrified that I would need my penis amputated. It had swollen so much that I thought it would burst. Oh, fucking Jesus. <laughs> Why do you wait a whole other day? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't. I hope at least he got to have sex. I really do. I really hope that he had some good times through this because if he didn't that's just oh you think he did it and then like waited till after the sex and then she was gone and then he called for help i'm hoping that yeah that that's That's what seems like a really dumb plan yeah i mean you are uh very not wrong yeah it is a dumb plan a completely dumb plan my dick and balls are worth a lot more than 60 dollars. or in this case a cock ring exactly um Paramedics took him to the hospital in the in the Thai capital. Wince-inducing images of the procedure to remove the nut were published in local media. Medics got to work with a terrifying array of tools as the unnamed patient clung to bed rails in agony. One slid a thin metal sheet between the nut and his skin to protect it, while the other began grinding with a spinning steel cutter. Oh, oh I'm just, I'm just gonna pass out. I'm just. But it take a rest. This sounds painful. Pulling it just to pull it. This is like yeah. traces of death fucked a porno. It is. Oh, okay. Um, they uh 
so the they also used pliers to grip and bend the nut until the man was finally released after 60 nerve-wracking minutes. All kinds of things you don't want on your dick. He was given antibiotics and an anti-inflammatory cream to reduce the swelling. Rescue volunteers said the man cried with pain throughout the hour-long cutting process. Winnie Pong said that this is one of the strangest cases we've ever, enc- ever encountered. He said most of the time it's only people getting their fingers stuck in a ring. So it was surprising when we arrived at the man's house and he had his penis stuck in there. Oh. We knew that cutting the nut wouldn't be a problem, but if we, as we use the same technique with finger rings. But we were just worried about the pain the man would be experiencing while removing it. Oh, I also have uh, some audio from him as well. Oh, okay. This is like right before they're getting in there with the grinder, okay? All right. Cool. It's going to cost you some serious cock. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I can't see how it wouldn't cost you some serious cock. <laughs> if you want a fear boner. Then I highly recommend you try the same technique as this other guy. Yeah, yeah, because that's it's really going to go well for you. You're going to have a good time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like terrified at how they had to get that sheet metal in the way of the ring. So they had to push the skin out of the way some more to get sheet metal down in there, which would cause it to swell up and hurt even more at the one end just to be able to get it passed. Yeah. And then yeah. you got the whole heat from the grinder as it's cutting through the ring against the metal that's like, you know, dispersing the heat out over the whole of the surface area, but still trying to protect you from being cut by the grinder. And and they're just yeah. just more pressure. Everybody supporting it to be able to make that happen. Like everything about this just makes m- it screams nothing but pain and suffering. Yeah, it just makes me close my legs and just fucking feel sympathy for this guy. Although this is probably the dumbest reason you could have possibly lost your own fucking dick. Yeah, I completely and totally agree. Um <laughs> So the man was unable to make the date he had planned with the girlfriend at St. Valentine's Day. Fuck. Your silicone uh, penis budget is out of control. But the doctors did say his misadventure had not left any permanent damage on his penis, so it should function normally after a few weeks rest. Plus, in he's got bragging rights now. <laughs> yeah, right? In 2019, firefighters used a bud saw to cut a metal ring from a student's willy after he got it stuck during a solo sex game in China. The year before, fire crews in Ipswich, Suffolk, spent six hours freeing a man from a penis ring after doctors couldn't budget. And a drunk uh, OAP of... Uh, put seven curtain rings on his todger after taking Viagra and woke up to find his privates had turned purple in Lancashire, Scotland. So there you go. Guys, stop putting shit around your dick, all right? It's not... It It, it, it doesn't make that big of a difference, and, and you're just really hurting yourself at this point. Yeah, cock rings aren't the end-all cure-all to make you bigger that people are trying to make it out to be. Yeah, um, yeah, exactly. Yeah, seriously, just watch that episode with uh, Franco or whatever the fuck it was, <laughs> getting one stuck on him that he had to call his buddies whenever they were doing the dick measuring contest. Oh, yeah, on uh, Rescue Me. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that episode. Ooh. Yeah, it doesn't, add, was... it doesn't add enough to really make it worth the trouble. And if you're going to do no. it, make sure you have one that has some kind of a quick release or some shit because you don't yeah. want it stuck on there. Don't. There's a reason. And, and, and his buddies. There, use an actual big time fucking like cutting doors off saw. Well, this was an emergency service that has done this before, so yeah. it's not just a buddy, it's like an emergency service had to come in and do that. How embarrassing is that? No, it was his buddy. <laughs> It was one of the. It was one of the guys from his firehouse who came down. He, he called him instead of emergency services. Oh, the, in Rescue oh. Me, yes, but in the. Yeah. Oh yeah, in Rescue Me. I'm sorry. And yeah. I was confusing the story, but 
Basically, what I'm getting at is if it's a solid metal ring, no, don't do it. Like, there's plenty of other options that you can do where you can still get the goddamn thing off later. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And even then, even then, it doesn't add enough to make it worthwhile. Matt has field tested as many of these as you can possibly imagine, and they're disappointing. No, I I never could. I'm way too scared of doing that kind of shit. (laughs) Like, nope. Nope, I just can't. Sorry. <laughs> I um don't want to make it bigger. I just <laughs> I just I get fucking freaked out. What if that uh, it's cuz I watched that episode of Rescue Me and I'm like what if that happens? <laughs> <laughs> well, for me it's never really appealed to me. I've never really wanted to increase yeah. it artificially like that. It just that's not my bag, baby. I'm not I'm not worried too worried about the size of things going on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm disappointing one woman enough now. I don't need to try and impress yeah. another. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm going to be fine. Everything's fine here. <laughs> and with that very much weird note, we're going to play the Ending Legion promo. We're going to close out this fucked up show. If you enjoyed this show, then make sure you check out the other great shows on the Legion Podcast Network, like Cinema PsyOps, Cinema Beef, Devour the Podcasts, Duncan and Bo Come Correct, Exploding Heads Horror Movie Podcast, Friday the 13th, Get Slayed, The Hell Ming Power Hour, Hello, This is the Doom Show, Hero Hero Ghost Show, Kill the Cast, Underwater Kaiju from Outer Space, Jerry Hates Action, Legion After Dark, Mental Health, Obsessive Cinema, Discourse, Pick 6 Movies, The Podcast by the Cemetery, The Podcast on Haunted Hill, The Psycho-Semantic Podcast, Rick Radio, House of Wax, Dude Looks Like the 80s, Rabbit and Red Radio, The Shadecast, Short Bus Cinema, Two Drink Minimum Commentaries, The VD Clinic, Who Will Survive Horror Podcast, and Witch vs. the Doomsday Clock. With such a widespread of shows, there is guaranteed to be a niche for you to fall in love with. Horror, politics, movies, books, sex, music, commentaries, health, video games, kaiju, action, news, comedy, and opinions that would most likely get you killed in some parts of the world. We are proud to bring you some of the best podcasting in the world. Check us out at www.legionpodcast.com, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube, and any other dark corner of the internet where podcasts can be found.
Uh, for fuck's sakes. This was a, a weird episode. I'm sure we've lost several listeners. There's probably several unsubscribes after they saw what we're covering and why. And yeah. We're, we're going to uh-huh. lose everybody. But I assure you, if you made it all the way to the end and you're deciding maybe you're going to unsubscribe after this, there are good things on the horizon in 10 weeks from now, I promise you. Things are going to be awesome. Maybe take a break for March Mate. Although I will give everybody fair warning what we're doing. It's only fair. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So what's coming up for March Mate? We already, we got us as girls out of the way, which I may end up like releasing this episode with a different title because I'm sure the title SS Girls will get me fucked in iTunes and a bunch of other yeah, places. Yeah, that could go really bad. Yeah. Dude. That could be a lot of Facebook jailing. Yeah. So next up is Rats, Knights of Terror. That's next week. The week after that, we're doing Cruel Jaws, which is is Mate ripping off Jaws, so I can't wait for that. And we're going to close shit out with Hell of the Living Dead, which is my first exposure and probably my still favorite movie that uh, Mate ever did. So, is that th- a zombie movie? Yes, very much so. Huh. You may have watched that one with me before. or Which one is that again? Hell of the Living Dead, although you've definitely seen parts of it because this is him stealing footage time again in that one. <laughs> Uh, all right. Yeah. And then leading up to our full franchise fest, we've got eight flicks, three of which are from a genre that we have yet to cover on this show. Actually, now that I think about it. Wow. Wow. Yeah. And then after that, we're going to start the full franchise fest, which is double the franchise in 13 total episodes is what we're doing there. 13, oh. a magical number. <laughs> Everything, everything is magical. Yeah. It's all magical. Now, I know everybody's like, okay, well, what two franchises will fit into 13? If you want to put your guesses into the Facebook group, go right ahead. That's that's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. That's let's, let's play the guessing game. Yeah, that's Cinema PsyOps on Facebook. And then if you want to check our previous 289 episodes of this show... For instances where we may or may not have covered a genre that I'm saying that we haven't yet when you catch me later on, that's on our legionpodcast.com forward slash cinema dash psyops. That went weird and esoteric. I've been reading way too much fucking Terry Pratchett lately. Yeah, what are you doing over there, man? You all right? <laughs> yeah, I just found there's a bunch of Terry Pratchett audiobooks and I'm going nuts on them. So yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Oh, there you go. Yeah. All right. So you can find me on Facebook as Court Psyops, where I'll be posting all the various <laughs> Terry Pratchett audiobooks I'm listening to. Uh, you can find Matt on Facebook as Matt Psyop, although he's hardly ever there. He avoids you worse than he does his own family. Well, it is close, but I have to live with my family, so... <laughs> you can email feedback to Matt, psyopmatt, and gmail.com. Let them know it's time to pay more attention to you. Alright, Jesus Christ. You can email feedback to court, cinemasyopscourt at gmail.com. Tell him to stop shaming Matt for the way he chooses to live his miserable life. Yeah, right? Because I'm well, wait a minute. Why, why do I have to be miserable? <laughs> but you are, Matt. You are miserable. Oh, that's true. I am. <laughs> you can tweet a couple of tweets on the porn bot filled shit fest that makes Matt and Court feel better about themselves. That is Twitter. Yes. <laughs> I'm at Court underscore Psyop there, and he is at Psyop Matt. The show itself is represented in meme form on Instagram, cinema underscore Psyops, although I'm the one that chooses the memes that get placed on there, so I guess you can come back at me at all the other places or just tell me my memes suck there on Instagram, cinema underscore Psyops. Right. Oh, so we're closing out our fifth year here, guys. You're going to make it through with us, I promise you. And March Mate is going to get so much better. I mean, it can't get any fucking worse than this movie, right? Right. Holy shit. But we're not going to pay any attention to that because we got to kick the fuck out of March and make it our bitch.
Hello? Yeah, I can hear you now. All right. <laughs> uh, for fuckity fuck. I know. Fuck. I was like, I had all settings right. The microphone was being picked up. Yeah. For some odd reason, the Skype test call uh, thing, like I could hear the ringing, but whenever you tried to talk, for some reason, it was trying to put that through headphone jack that is on the external USB in and out device that I have hooked up to that laptop. Oh, okay. I have no fucking idea why it's trying to put the headphones out for that. Like why it was trying to choose the headphones. Because I've never had it set to that. I've always had it set to the speaker setting. And then I just put that back and it was fine. It was one of those like Skype just decided to choose whatever setting it felt was right. <laughs> Basically. Fucking Skype, man. I mean, it does that. Well, it knew we were talking about possibly going to Zoom, but I don't want to yeah. pay for the extra <laughs> the ex- over like, 40 minutes. I'll show minutes. you. <laughs> yeah, you can't even like say one sentence in under 40 minutes. This is very true. <laughs> Although you just proved me wrong right there. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I was just taking a long pause before I kept going. <laughs> um, and hold on one second here. Yeah. Okay. All right. I'm now recording on my side. One, two, three. There yeah. we go. All right. So you are recording on your side. Your waveform looks good. Yep. Everything looks good. Uh, okay. So are, are you ready then? I'm ready to go. Uh, are we ready to start March Mate officially? March, is it, yeah, I guess. I guess fucking Nazis. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, it is. Literally. It's fucking Nazis. <laughs> it's March Mate, so th- this is the very first episode of March Mate ever, because we've only oh, ever done May no, Mate. March Mate. <laughs> <laughs> like Christmas, it had to come early this year. Yeah. <laughs> And they're using the fact that men like to talk a big game once they've got their nut juice released. Yeah. <laughs> Basically. See, not, I've never I've never really I've never thought about talking to Big Gabe or telling like conspiracy theories after that kind of shit. <laughs> oh well that's like the only time that I want to talk about that kind of stuff. <laughs> like I'm going to let you know all my deepest, darkest secrets now. <laughs> right, because I mean it's like it's already too late. You've already been tainted. Yeah. <laughs> And in the days when it was like, you know, well, maybe I'll see you again or, or whatever. And I wasn't like looking for a serious relationship. Sometimes that was the best way to make sure that they didn't come back. Oh, well, there you go. It's like, listen, let me tell you about the things I actually believe. <laughs> right. Something along those lines. Ava was the madam. Okay. All right. I'm who not. Who found all the girls. Okay. Ava, yeah, Ava's I can, the. I can tell when you're not into it. Because you're like, fuck, I don't care about any of these fucking people. Right. No, okay. I'm just, I'm trying to remember because I'm trying to picture it now. So the one on the scar with her face was just one of the soldiers that was involved with making sure that yeah. the training happened. Ava's, yes, the, uh, Ava's the one with the curly hair that the the guy that looks like an American Horror Story um, spoiled brat character was in love with, though, right? Yes. Uh, Ava was the madam who was in charge of finding the girls. And she was the one with the uh, curly hair, and he fell in love yeah. with her. And the girl with yes. the scar was jealous of her. Okay. Yes, and Frau was the one who was in charge of training the girl. Yeah, no, I just got the girl who got pregnant that's in love with the soldier, that the the commander guy that they just had like a little like a one-off trist on their own. I got her confused yeah. with Ava like all the time. Wait, what was the the sexy? What was the middle one? Uh, it was uh, it was face scar. Uh huh. And then uh. Sexy Madam Chick. Sexy Madam Chick. Okay. So yeah. I had Sexy Madam Chick and Pregnant Prostitute to Commander Chick mixed up. Is that That's the only thing that I had mixed up. Yes. All right. We're good. All right. All right. This comes from Robert. That's our, our man on the field. Our man, Robert. Remember, no last names. Oh, yeah, yeah.
is now moving day, and that is our next clip. Coming to me! Whoops, that's the wrong clip. <laughs> Pretty good people. Motherfucker. <laughs> what? <laughs> Fuck you. Pretty good people. Pretty good people. What? You're just saying pretty good people. What's wrong with yeah, that yeah, one? Yeah, you know what? Go fuck yourself. <laughs> I knew. I wondered if that was going to come bite me in this fucking episode. <laughs> All you're saying is pretty good people. I don't see what your uh, problem is. Shut up. Play the clip.